This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. In five, three. That's tomorrow, and that is it. Again, five, four. That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. And we will leave you with a... I can't do it. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! I can, I'll write it, and we'll do it live! This thing sucks! Five, four, three. End of day. The freedom of speech is being taken away. They die. And welcome to a brand new life, to a brand new day, all the way from the wastelands of California. My name is Michael, and I love criminals and I love crime. I look forward to once again serve you those sounds of salvation. First time listeners, turn on, tune in, and drop out. This is a different kind of show. A place where we don't feel so alone. Let us chase away the light no matter what you at home choose to believe. I do admire you for your curiosity. Live and not so direct on the TuneIn radio app. My guest tonight is James Borg. He has fractured memories of past lives and alternative timelines. He even has had encounters with the paranormal at a very early age, as well as countless UFO sightings. Once again, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for allowing me into your hearts and into your minds. Here we are again on a night like this. My soul wants to say hello to you out there. Thanks for being here. Soon I will return on the live stream. I do apologize for the issues that have been plaguing the live stream that will be fixed in a moment don't worry welcome to the program i I do appreciate your time tremendously really to be honest with you i I really do not a problem i appreciate your time being offered to me yeah you're a very interesting individual and even before this interview i had seen your name popping in and out on certain social media websites and i thought this guy seems very interesting i should probably interview him sometime and looking at your bio you sent me, it seems like that's true. Yeah, you could say that definitely, yes. Oh my, yes. You've, you've I, had, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. mean to be bragging in any respect, but I do have a lot of experience. Yes, sir. Quite a few things. Yes, sir. And before we even jump into any of these great topics, I, I thought you can introduce yourself to the audience. Get uh, Just, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and how all this began for you, because... In your bio, it seems like it started at a very, very early age. Yeah, nine years old. Wow. 1977. 1977, the year of uh, Close Encounters, uh, the year of Star Wars. Uh, Elvis died that year. It was a good year all around for everyone, despite uh, the death of Elvis and stuff like that. I went through three uh, family deaths as well at an early age, so I learned what death was all about at that age. Um the first UFO experience I had, I didn't even know what to call it. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see UFOs before that, and I didn't see the sighting that I had was very unique. I've never heard of anybody having a sighting like the one I had at nine. 
because what happened was um, I was looking at the sky at a variety store in a suburb of Toronto. Uh, that was a field basically across from the parking lot. And um, I looked out into the sky and it was like a black rectangle that opened up. And right. It was like a window. And in that window of blackness, I seen um, orbs, all kinds of orbs flying through. And uh, when I say all kinds, I mean like thousands. Wow. In a, in a span of like 15 minutes, it was like uh, it was like uh, an interstate highway of lights going through. And um, for years, I didn't even know what I was looking at. That's very interesting. I've never heard of anyone relay a story, uh, UFO-related story, to to that. It it seems like uh, it's more it's more so something that you can't really explain instead of just uh, going with the typical oh it must have been military craft exactly and because there were so many of them and because of the, right. the weirdness of it was like a it was like something opened up in the sky right it was like yeah. another dim it was like I was looking at another dimension yeah. And when you're nine years old, this is like beyond your comprehension, right? Like, like it's beyond anything. I, I couldn't even figure it all out till about 10 years ago as to what I was seeing, right? So that was the very first UFO sighting. And a few months after that, I had a, a ghost sighting of uh, my grandfather, who used to live in the house we lived in. Uh, then he was in a nursing home. But uh, I woke up to get a glass of milk. I walked down the hallway. And at the end of the hallway, you can go either left, which is uh, leads to the living room, or you can go right, which leads to the kitchen. And from the corner of my eye, I see my grandfather sitting at the, at the dining room table. And when I turned, I seen him, and he basically gave me a wave and then disintegrated right before my eyes. Wow. And I was shocked, right? I was shocked. I got my glass of milk. I didn't know exactly what was going on. I couldn't get back to bed. Uh, again, I'm a nine-year-old kid, so everything's like, wow, at that time, it's like, you know, it's the comprehension that paranormal didn't even fit in the picture at that age. And um, I couldn't sleep. That was at the witching hour around 3 a.m. Around 6 a.m., the telephone rang. And because I was wide awake still, I ran to the kitchen where my mom was, and I tried to tell her that Grandpa's dead. And sure enough, when she heard my words, and then she heard the the, the nurse on the other end of the receiver say that, yes, her father, my grandfather, died. She dropped the phone because because ten seconds just before she heard the news, I just told her Grandpa's dead. So that's how it started. Mm, yeah. So that's what got you interested in these other topics. The I guess you could say darker topics because you know for the most part, uh, the general public doesn't necessarily like to talk about these sort of things. Well, I wouldn't say they're darker because let's shed some light on the whole topic. There is good and bad and there's sure. benevolence and, and, right. malevolence and um, uh, the paranormal is such a broad uh, scale. It's like a big oak tree, right? In the oak tree, you got a big trunk, you got huge branches and, 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 uh, and then you got leaves and everything of this oak tree is the paranormal in every respect. Yeah, I agree. It's just I, I myself have had... Uh, encounters at an early the paranormal and I, and I'm still very skeptical uh till this day but again it's it's like a eternal battle but oh, yeah. I I I don't mm -hmm. blame you being a skeptic um because I was one as well um it took years for me to accept all this in fact yeah, um I agree in my in my teenage life my house was haunted so I lived in a haunted house too so um 
as everything was happening to me and me being a teenager, I used to um, party it all off because I didn't know what I was saying and I kind of wanted to escape and I found an outlet. Right. And, and for years I, I did that and it wasn't until friends of mine also witnessing the stuff I was going through were saying, Jimmy, it's, it's real. We're seeing it too. Right. And uh, yes. tell, tell me of occurrences that happened in the house. So at, at the beginning of the whole paranormal life story of me was uh, it was ghost related in the beginning. And from there led to me getting involved in reading all the subjects I could read about and all the topics in the field of the occult. So at a very young age of 13, I became immersed in the, the subject matter called the occult. Right, but at, at that age, how did you find these topics at, at that age? What led you to the occult? Did you just happen to come by a book, or what was it exactly, James? Well, at 13 years old, I wanted it all, and I wanted it quick. I wanted, uh, at that age, being a 13-year-old... Understood, um, yes. There would be 1980, Right. okay? So um, sex, drugs, and rock and roll was probably uh, back, yes. back in that day. Oh, yeah. So I wanted to become a musician. I wanted to be rich and famous. And uh, who doesn't? Yeah, who doesn't? Want I want. Stuff, I right? wanted all the girls. And uh, you're then a again, human. I was just 13, so yeah. you can understand the mindset I was in. Yeah, you're a regular guy. It's okay. Yeah, normal. So, so that's how I I got started in the occult because I figured if I learned about the occult, I can be um, well adept in many many circumstances. Ahead of the game, yes. Yeah, I and I you. wasn't involved in um, anything dark, per se, uh, but at 14, I was well-known in the Toronto area, and I was even asked to join a local um, Wiccan church. Oh, I see. So I was, uh, but I never joined. Yeah. Uh, there, mm-hmm. Things happen, right? So, And then throughout my life, um, because of the strange paranormal occurrences that kept on happening, I... Um, I started uh, dabbling and learning and experimenting and going out and, and seeking. And from there, it led me to becoming, um, I guess, a paranormal researcher. And I, I was a ghost hunter for about uh, four years. And we did TV and we did radio and we did um, oh, live did, investigations. Oh, you did TV? We did a bit of, yes. Oh, we, I was on cool. a couple shows, uh, nice. The Science of Ghost Hunting. Mm. Um, we did uh, Creepy Canada, a few episodes in the early 2000s, which was a haunted paranormal TV show that ran in Canada. And um, during some of the investigations we went on, we were accompanied one time by a newspaper crew that was also skeptical, and they wanted to challenge us. So they took us to some so-called known haunted locales and to see what would happen. And during that time, there was... Um, what people would call a demonic episode happened. So um, the person that owned the bed and breakfast that we were there uh, investigating, it was a challenging time for the next four to five hours. And uh, I guess you can say an exorcism happened then live. And um, so that was documented. And um, so I had that under my belt. And um, and then, of course, I had uh, UFO sightings would happen periodically. Yes. And um, many of them I laughed off or I kind of ignored or I, I, I figured it's a figment of my imagination and didn't really do too much about it until about 2002 where um, I had my big and closest UFO setting. And uh, what I seen was um, it was an egg-shaped craft. Well, it was neon green in color and it had a brown, chestnut brown uh, windshield. Right. 
and it hovered in over over my wife and I, and um, it hovered so close that if you took a cigarette pack and flinged it, you could have hit it. Wow, that's it made pretty no close. Noise. Yeah, it was kind of grabbed you by the boo-boo, that's for sure, right? Um, right. We didn't see it for long. It was maybe about five seconds, and it was telepathic because when I mentioned to my – when I said to my wife, look at that, we were French kissing at the time, and it, it hovered above us. So I don't know, maybe it was attracted to the emotion of love, and uh, when it hovered above us, we were looking at it, and as soon as we registered what we are looking at, it shot off into space. And in one second, it was beyond the stars with an incredible speed that's mind-blowing. Understood, yeah. By the way, um, your parents, did they ever have any sightings themselves at, at any point in their lives? That's a very good question. I'm glad you asked that. That's never been asked of me before, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to answer that. Uh, on both sides of my parents, um, there is a paranormal history. Ah, yes. Okay. There's my, always, um, there's my always dad, a connection. My dad grew up um, in Malta, and uh, he's, of course, the surname is Borg. And in Malta, the name Borg is synonymous for um, look out, watch out, because the Borg family in Malta uh, is known as being a very tough family and um, not to be messed with. They had seven brothers, and um, they were always getting in and in out of mischief and stuff like that. And the house they lived in, uh, was haunted. Uh, on my mother's side, it was the Scottish Celtic that married a Maltese in Malta. So it was a Maltese Scottish uh, family. The namesake is Douglas, the Black Douglas, and the Douglas is synonymous with William Wallace and uh, Richard the Lionheart. And um, Glamis Castle, there's a lot of legends with the Douglas there. Uh, the card game with the devil that was based on the Douglas brothers that were killed, and the daughter as well, right, the sister. And um, so there's a lot of uh, paranormal uh, history there. My grandmother in Malta was also a healer. Uh, you could call her a metaphysical healer back in 1940s. So there's the side that um, on my, my namesake and family side of history. That's what there. makes you highly intuitive, James. Yeah, I think you hit it on the nail. Right. I think I got it from that's my where, grandma. That's where it comes yes. from, correct. I, I believe the same thing applies to me and my family because one of my aunts, Apparently, she was a witch. Okay. So I believe maybe something might have transferred over to me because I also have this strange extrasensory perception that's a lot higher than a normal person, which uh, the reason why I was, I was um, inquiring about these things about you and your past is because there is a pattern that I've noticed amongst uh, abductees and uh, people that have these extrasensory perception ability. It, it seems to me that, um, there's this strange connection. Um, let me, let me also ask, you're also somewhat telepathic, correct? Yes. Ah, uh, see, there's another one. I myself, uh, have that whole phone telepathy going on where I'm pretty much aware who's gonna contact me and, and when. It's really shocking because I've been accurate multiple times. And I also assume you're somewhat clairvoyant, right? Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not uh, very good at it, but I do have uh, bits and traces of it. Yes. And I'm sure you're also pretty good at lucid dreaming, aren't you? Very good at it. Actually, uh -huh. I've always dreamed in color. Um, uh -huh. Yeah. See, me and you are not far off from each other because I I'm the same way. Sometimes it's black and white. Sometimes it's in color. 
And that also leads me to say you've also experienced um, astral projection plenty of times, correct? I've had astral travel periodically, and I mm-hmm. can't control it. It just sort of happens. It happens. But you're able to do it, and it's pretty damn freaky, correct? Very, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's kind uh, of a yes. good time. It's a, it's a wild time. Right? I, I um, love it, too. And I've also had beings come to me astrally. Mm, yes. Right? So that's happened as well. Are you, are you familiar with the late Bob Mitchell? Yes, I, uh, I I knew him at the end of his life. Me too. And that's what me and him were talking about later on through emails about us being perhaps visited through the astral plane. Okay, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Well, you should pass on a message if you uh, talk to him. Say, look, uh, James always wanted to help you, but he wished that you would have reached out because maybe your life could have, you could have still been on the planet if you would have reached out to James. Oh, uh, yes. It's very tragic what happened to him. It really is. <clears throat> Poor guy. Poor guy. Yeah, I had dinner with him, and I know Jason quit. Uh, Jason quit's a phenomenal guy on my YouTube channel. We use uh, Jason's. Jason used to be a musician, and uh, oh, is that right? I didn't know that. Yeah, Jason. There's a lot of things that's neat about him. Uh, he's a good guy the, then, if he's a musician, since I myself was a musician. Yeah, he's a very good guy. He was a keyboardist, and uh, we use one of his songs, uh, The Last Sun, as uh, Euphoria Chronicles bumper music. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, we like Jason a lot. Yeah, I never had a chance to talk to him, but I, I've always liked him. I didn't think he was a bad guy. I thought his stories were rather fascinating. If you ever get a chance to talk to him, talk to him about his time travel stuff and lucid dreaming and stuff like that, because that's where me and I... Me and uh, Jason connect with as well. We have a a shared experience out there um, that's very similar to what we've seen. And uh, you should ask him about that one day. It's about um, the dust, the dust clouds everywhere, and um, and uh, it's pretty uh, end of days like. Ah, nice. I love that. I'll definitely try to get a hold of him um, rather soon. Also, I did want to get into, like I mentioned earlier, the whole contactee. When did okay. that? Yeah, when did that happen? Uh, that happened. Uh, contactee. So, okay, contact, contact. The word contact. Making contact. Correct. The okay, first so time. You, could, mm-hmm. you can have a, a contact with a being, which such as a ghost. You can have a contact with a being that, that many people used to call a demon. Conscious uh, download too. Conscious download too. Yes, mm-hmm. that's right. And the ringing of the ears while it's happening, right. and the headaches, and the, the, mm-hmm. the physical changes that are attributed with all that. Yes, that's happened to me actually in 2007. But um, contact itself, I've had contact as far as seeing and being a couple feet away from them. Uh, Grace, about five to six times, different times. I was in contact with a draconian or draco about three times. I was in contact with um, a Palladian, well, Palladians, on two different occasions, or two different occurrences with the beings. Uh, the first time was three beings, and it only happened once, and it lasted for about 20 minutes, and there was conversations, and there were pictures taken. A friend of mine, Rick Klassen, has three to four pictures, and they're on his um, computer somewhere. But in the course of that, there has been many viruses and stuff like that. He says he still has the pictures, and I want to see him myself. Um, and the other time was um, the big contact, the biggest of the biggest of the biggest of all the contacts, very close to Billy Meyer himself, was an actual Liren, and his name is Audrey, Audrey Ewis. 
or Audrey for short. And he's a Lyran, and I am in contact with him. How often do you, I guess you could say, make contact with, with Lyran? Is it often, or maybe there's periods? What's going on there? Well, it used to be very regular for two years. Two years, the first two years. It was constant. It was maybe three to four times a week. Oh. Sometimes two to three hours each time. That's often. So about nine time, time, nine yeah. hours a week at least. And in the last year, um, the contact hasn't been as frequent. And um, it's kind of dropped profusely. And um, there's, there, I don't know why, there's a lot of situations that arise. But mm. uh, we still are aware of each other. We still keep tabs on each other. And we're, st- we're still working things out, I guess you might call it. Right. And that reminds me, as you're well aware, there's lots of trouble going on. Out here in the United States, you see, you see the, the political masquerade that's been set forth upon, uh, the higher, uh, I guess, echelon rather. And it's pretty much divide and conquers what's going on right now. And it's quite sad to see. Do you think perhaps maybe one of the reasons why we haven't had extraterrestrials visit Earth anytime soon is because we're dangerous? Well, uh, that's a really big topic because there are on the benevolent side that would be the case. Yes. And there are many others that have come and are in hiding. Okay. So they're walking the earth right now. I kid you not. All right. So they're yeah. all in hiding. All right. There's many of them here on earth already. And, um, the majority of the ET aliens here on the planet that are on the planet are malevolent. And they're all working with the governments, with uh, what you would might call the New World Order of right. Luciferian agendas. Yeah, the Luciferian agenda that we often hear so much about. And on that topic, um, going back to disclosure, that's also something that's been constantly beaten over our heads here in the States. Uh, do you actually believe we are going to get that? It seems like every other country and government have sort of agreed that something is in the skies and it's not from their own government. They they truly believe these are visitors. And uh, another thing I must add, since you're a musician, how do you feel that we have someone like Tom DeLong who apparently is going to bring some sort of disclosure? And I say that with sarcasm. Okay, what you just asked me is a 15-minute question, but I'm going to answer mm. it as best I can. I know, I'm really sorry. Quick. I went wild That's there. okay. That's okay. Tom DeLong, um, I heard of him. I kind of like his music. He, I wasn't a big fan of his music per se when he was happening, when he, when he was doing it. I, I was you. more of like a Black Sabbath, Doors, Led Zeppelin, Rolling Stones type guy. However, I do admire what he's doing. Uh, the only thing I can say that's negative about what he's doing is he's got an association with um, mm. John Podesta. Correct. And I don't like that one bit. Neither do okay? I. Right. Because John Podesta is satanic and he's involved in Luciferian agendas. He's corrupt. That's true. Very much so. And as far as you said about your disclosure movement, I love the fact that we had a disclosure mo- movement. Uh, don't forget the exopolitics movement, which not too many people give him credit, was started by a man named Alfred Lambermont Weber back in 1970. Okay. Yes. So mm-hmm. no one mentions that. He, he should be given the credit due. Uh, as far as the current disclosure movement, I have a uh, high regard for Stephen Bassett, okay? He's a good guy, great guy, and he knows what he's talking about, and he's an expert, okay? There's some other people 
one of which lives in Toronto, my hometown as well, that overlook things completely. Oh, I and, see. And get get in bed with the wrong bunch of people, right? Everybody wants to kiss Podesta's ass. Right. 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 The man, take off your blinders, smell the coffee. The disclosure movement to me in the last couple of years have been, in my opinion, is totally horrendous. Horrendous. Okay. Except for what with Stephen Bassett's. Okay. Because they overlook everything. They want all the evidence spoon fed to them. Okay. And they want, they want the Washington DC side of it to announce it. All right. That's like asking Santa Claus for like a million bucks. It's <laughs> like, never going to yeah, happen. Right? You're right. Correct. It's never going to happen. All right. And disclosure's been made already. Brazil disclosed. Yeah. Russia disclosed. Yeah. Argentina disclosed. Mm-hmm. Mexico disclosed. Canada. Okay. Canada. Paul Hellier. Paul Hellier. He's disclosed. Another guy. Exactly. Right. So why, why the United States, even England disclosed. Right. England's released so many files. I mean, over the years, so many files and, and, and knowledge has been released. You know, in the, in the South American countries, the six o'clock news, you turn it on and there's UFO sightings right there in the news. That's disclosure. Yeah. South America's had disclosure for about a decade now. All right. So this is where it is. Disclosure. Disclosure to me is a way of making money right now. Okay. For, for people, authors that never really seen any UFO sightings that can write a book about what they think is what it is all about. And, and they always overlook and discourage and discredit UFO experiencers. And you know what hurts the most is, What's that? you know, who's buying their books is UFO experiencers or people that are interested in the topics. Right. right? Yeah. So they're, they're kicking their own ass down the road. No one's going to buy their books. Yeah. That's who they're basically pandering for in that sense. And I've always wanted to, uh, instead of, I guess, painting myself with one brush, you would want to expand all of that. So it, it it's really weird when you look at it from an outside perspective because you have this group of people that are just pandering to one group of people instead of trying to get the message spread everywhere. And exactly. Yeah, it, it's a strange, it, it's, it's frustrating, really. And, and you're cutting yourself short by doing that. Like you said, you want to paint the brush with as many brushes as you can. Correct. That's what, that's what a great artist would do. He'd make a Picasso instead of drawing a Mickey Mouse, right? Right. But here's the, here's the difficult part though. How do we reach that other, that, that bigger uh, percentage? Because really going back to Tom DeLong, I think that was kind of, kind of what they were trying to do, use him as that uh, big rock star, I guess you could say. And I feel I feel kind of strange saying that. But they're using him to sort of do like a soft disclosure in a way. But again, it, it's only reaching uh, those who uh, seek that material. It, it's not really reaching the, the bigger, the masses. It's more micro rather than macro. Right. You could say the same with uh, the actor Rob Lowe right now. Rob Lowe's uh, got a show on, on TV. I don't watch TV, but I heard about it. I, I don't, gonna... yeah, I don't like Rob Lowe personally, to be honest with you, but I, I heard his show is actually really good. That's what I heard too. So he's, he's a Hollywood guy that's come out and he's doing the paranormal thing. That's good. Right? But yeah, that's, that's good. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but what you said about rock stars, um, remember a singer called Ron, Ronnie James Dio? Correct. How can I not? Okay. I, I love the guy. He's got the, the massive heavy metal voice. I'm okay. with you. Yes. Okay. Falling off the edge of the world and all those songs that he did were incredible. Okay. Now, mm. if you, if there's an interview out there, I think it's called the blaring out show or something like that, that he, uh, does an interview 
and he announces and goes public that he's seen UFOs and he's seen UFOs twice. And in the interview, he says he's seen the first time he's seen an, uh, a UFO was with him and Wendy. They moved to their, um, they all, all of Rainbow moved to, uh, their Vermont area and, uh, they're in their house and, uh, he's seen a UFO setting outside his, um, home window. And he called Wendy and he goes, look at the moon. And then they realized they weren't looking at the moon. <laughs> That's cool. Right. So wow. that was his first UFO setting. The second one happened when they reformed, um, the, the heaven and hell version of Black Sabbath and they were on a tour bus. And he said, everybody on the bus seen the UFO. He didn't name names, but everybody on the bus would mean the road crew mm-hmm. and the rest of Black Sabbath, right? You're talking Butler, Iomi, and, and um, the other drummer they had there. I love Black Sabbath, um, and I never heard this story, so I'm completely intrigued. Wow, that's cool. Blown away, yeah. yeah so wow. now, after this aired, okay, that's about maybe a, a six months later, we start hearing reports of uh, Ronnie James uh, Dio's cancer. And within about a year or two, the cancer got worse, and unfortunately, Mr. Deal died, right? But I found it odd that he would die two years later after announcing that, right? And the other big guy in the rock business uh, industry that's seen UFOs, the main guy would be Mick Jagger, right? Mick Jagger's seen him, and uh, he would be definitely a guy to talk to, right, to get the story out. I mean, yeah. He's admitted to it. And there's been others like Michael Jackson and David Bowie, but they're dead. John Lennon is another one. He's dead. Uh, Elvis Presley was a big UFO fanatic, and he's dead. Seems like all the rock stars that come out, um, unfortunately, are not with us. That's true. And uh, speaking of rock stars, um, we saw the recent passing of Chester Bennington. Of course, all the conspiracy theorists ran wild with speculation. And honestly, I'm not really on the conspiracy bandwagon. Uh, per se, I, I always like to discern from delusion, rather delusional folks, rather, because sometimes uh, these people jump from bottomless conclusion to bottomless conclusion. Sometimes it happens. Yes, you're right, correct. right. And it, it's it's a terrible thing, however, that these folks pass away the way that they do. It's terrible. However, what you just said there, there was also Chris Cornell that died before him. Correct. And uh, I used to like Chris Cornell in Soundgarden. Um, now, Chris Cornell apparently was uh, getting a lot more vocal in the pedo stuff, the pedo gate stuff and the child um, pedophilia stuff. And Bennington, as you said with the conspiracy theories, Bennington was linked as being John Podesta's, John Podesta's bastard son. <laughs> yeah, so, see that that's that's the thing though. I, we don't know that for sure yet. No, no. But when you, when you have a lead like that, or somebody makes a claim like that, correct? And you made you made a good point there. You got to discern, right? So now you have it, you hear it, and you got to research into it further before you make a conclusion. Right. And speculation he, is the, the way to get there, though. Exactly. It's like being a detective. Nothing wrong with that, though. Right? Yeah. You interview I'm, all the I'm people. Cool and you gather your information. You inf- information gather first. Correct. Yes. And you know that that also reminds me. You, I think you said something about being implanted. Correct. Yes. I. Uh, yep. That. that I, uh, yeah. That brings me to the name Roger Lear, who I'm sure you're familiar. Yeah. And I. Yeah. Beautiful. I'm glad you're bringing this up. I had one. I had two implants that were taken out of me. One implant I took out myself, and the other one I had surgically removed. Holy shit! You took it out yourself? Yeah, I did. One of them. It was in my index finger. Oh, Jesus. My, my, 
Yeah, it was it was like a sliver. Wow. What happened was I had a ten inch look like a pine needle, but it was black, but it was bigger than a pine needle because it's ten inches long. Right. And I was at uh check out the circumstances how it happened. I was mm-hmm. at the customs house in Hamilton, Ontario, which the customs house is at a locally known haunted location. We were at a paranormal show. I was in my ghost hunting days. And we had a booth there in regards to ghost hunting and ghost investigations. I was sent out to my car to get some paraphernalia and posters. Right. So I went outside and I was reaching into my car because the car was packed. I couldn't go in the car. And I had my left hand on top of the roof of the car. And I was getting the stuff out of it with my right hand inside the car. And that's when this thing went in my hand. I don't know Ah, if it was some etherical being that stuck it there that I didn't see. But the first reaction was I pulled this needle out of my hand. And the needle, like I said, was about 10 inches long. Yikes. When I when I did that, a piece of it broke off into my finger. And it just, just kind of went in my finger deeper. It's sort of like a sliver. And I couldn't get it out. And uh, I had things to do. I had to go back to the paranormal show. Mm-hmm. And um, I worked with the guy that was also an alien abductee. And I told him what happened. When we had a chance to talk and he looked at my finger, he goes, you just got implanted. And I was kind of blown when he said that. I was kind of like, oh, oh you know, what's going on now? Like I was kind of a little freaked out by it. And I don't um, blame you. Yeah. The next day I tried, um, I wanted me and my wife to get it out. Uh, I wanted to cut it out and um, we had to get my niece over involved in it as well because we had to put my finger down, tape it down to a table. We had to heat up a razor blade. To, to disinfect it and we had rubbing alcohol to disinfect anything like that. And we cut out the sliver. And when we cut out the sliver, we put it with, with, um, uh, what are they called? Those things, um, those things that pluck eyebrows. What are they called? Uh, tweezers perhaps? Tweezers. Yeah. Thank right. you. The name escaped me. We, we used tweezers to pull it out of my finger and we put it on a ceramic dish. Now, when we put it on the ceramic dish, we're looking at this black thing that looked metallic. And it disintegrated within about 10 seconds. Okay, so that was the first alien implant that I had taken out. The second one. That's freaky stuff there. That is, because it disintegrated right before wow. our eyes. Wow, yes. Right? The, the other one was a little bit more gruesome and, and more um, messed up. Ooh, because it happened yeah. in my left, underneath my left earlobe, and it was growing. This thing started growing. And within a month, I was being really freaked out by it because it grew to like um a marble size. Oh. And um, I went to the doctors. I thought maybe I had cancer coming right. up. I thought it's some kind of growth on me. What is this? I went to the doctor. The doctor said, no, it's not cancer. It's not benign or it's, 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 it's not a cancerous thing. And if you wanted to get it removed, you have to go to a cosmetic surgeon. And I said, yes, I want it removed. So we set up an appointment with a cosmetic surgeon in Brampton. And um, we thought it was a cyst. We all thought it was a cyst. Even the cosmetic surgeon thought he was a cyst. When we were removing it, he was freaked out because he says, uh, Mr. Borg, this is not a cyst. And I go, well, what is it? He goes, I don't know what it is. Let me dig it out. And when he got it out, what it looked like was one of the implants that Dr. Roger Lear took out where it was a calcium, looked like a calcium triangular object similar to a tooth. And if you see the pictures of the implants that Roger Lear took out, it's an identical match. And um, I had that thing for about two years. I kept it. I had it in a specimen jar. 
and um, it disappeared because my wife one day threw it out. That sucks. So, I, I wish you still had that. I wish I still had it too, right? But sometimes when you're married, you're married as well, right? So, you know, sometimes you have a little argument with the wife. Oh, and, yes. Uh, and sometimes uh, they get mad at you and um, they end up throwing out some of your stuff, right? And sometimes so, you uh, sleep on the couch. And sometimes you sleep on the couch. That's right. So that's exactly what happened there, right? Understood, but, uh, yes. That's what happened. My goodness. Uh, are you okay now, though? No no um, complications with any of those things inside of you? Nothing still moving around in there, is there? Rumor has it I still got one. Uh-oh. So I still have one that's in a hard place in my head. In your head? In my head. So do you get constant ringing in your ear at times? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, not, no. Not only that, I get... um. I get a lot of pressure headaches, and I also think these pressure headaches are caused by elf waves. Yeah. Or scalar, or mm -hmm. scalar, or both, right? Yeah, you're, you're showing very common traits of someone who's been abducted. Yeah, and I was abducted. Yes, I you had were. that happen as well. Have you, have you gone, have you gone under hypnosis? I did once. I, um, well, actually more than once. I went a couple times. The first, um, the, the one, the last time I was under was with a good friend of mine. Uh, her name is Leslie Mitchell Clark. And, um, she'd be a good person for your interview too. She, um, she's in the Toronto area. She's the, I recommend her for anything to do with, um, alien related matter um, because she does that. She's a hypnotherapist that specializes in that. She picks up where, um, Dolores Cannon left off in the Toronto area. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. I've heard her name uh, tossed around a couple of times. Yeah. She's very good. By the way, what is it with Canada? Why is there so much uh, UFO activity? Well, I think it's got a lot to do in the, in the Ontario region where I live. I think it's got a lot to do with um, the geography of the province. There's so many sightings there. Yes. And there's, there's reasons why there's so many lakes. There's so much crystals. There's so much um, uranium. There's so much uh, metals, unique metals to the area. And there's so many hiding spots. There's so many lakes. There's so many um, valleys and peaks and forests. And it's so enormous, right? Because if you look on the UFO sightings, if you follow all that, Ontario's got a lot of UFO sightings and always has been. And Ontario itself is um, it's bigger than most countries, right? And that's just a province right. in Canada, one of the biggest, right? Yes. There's also a lot of uh -huh. people in Ontario um, that are um, have the shine, as you may say. So that, that's a definite attraction as well, right? Do you right. understand about the shine? What do you mean the shine, exactly? The shine is a term. Um, Scatman Crothers said it in the movie The Shining when he's uh, making a relationship to people that have unique abilities. Oh, okay, yes. Now I recall. Yeah, like psychic abilities, right. like intuition. And, and, uh, mm, yes, now, yeah, I, I recall now. Yeah. I haven't seen that film so, in a long time, so I had to, had to rethink it there. Yeah, so there's a lot of people in Ontario that are gifted in that respect as well. So the whole, the whole um, aura of the province is a big attraction for um, extraterrestrial um, beings. Understood. Um, what, what about cattle mutilation? Any opinions on that? Back in the late 70s, early 80s, that's when it was really uh, booming. And lots of individuals, well, lots of folks out there were blaming it to Satanists. Yeah, no, that's, well, 
And then you got a little finger on that one too, because the Satanists do have involvement in that, because they do have involvements in secret space programs, and the secret space programs have a lot of greys, and greys do like our blood and organs, and um, they're very, they do experiments with us, and they use our DNA. And as evidenced in a lot of um, the bases we have on Earth, that's a lot of witnesses are coming forward with this this stuff. And uh, I've heard many times that greys, when they eat, <clears throat> they don't eat like we do. They actually get in like a vat, which is filled with blood and organs and body parts, and uh, absorb it all through their skin. And they also excrete through their skin. So how gross is that? Yeah, that's pretty pretty nasty. Pretty nasty. That's also why they smell bad, right? Yeah, I heard so, I yeah. heard that before. And this is something I want to say, too, for everybody, because I've had experiences. So I'm going to tell everybody that's listening a warning sign, okay? Okay. There's a bug. It's called a, it's like a stink bug, okay? Um, it gives off a nasty odor. It's not as strong as a skunk, but it's pretty nasty. And also the sulfur smell, okay? When you're outside in the woods or wherever, and you smell sulfur, just put a little warning warning on you right away and just you're, you're, uh, get into safety defense mechanisms. Alert yourself because you could be in some danger when you smell a sulfur smell, okay? Uh, be alert because there's something nasty that's really malevolent that's nearby you if it's not a skunk or a stink bug, okay? Because you're dealing with Draco and you're dealing with uh, uh, many of the species of gray, all right? Uh, so that's, that's anybody listening, if they encounter something like that, be on your guard, right? That's good information to have, yeah. Very good information to have. Yes, it could save your life one day, or it could save a possible abduction. Understood, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that uh, earlier about the secret space program. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the gentleman, Robert David Steele. I actually just conducted my second interview with him just this afternoon. And once again, he touched upon the subject of Mars having... Uh, uh, lunar, well, not lunar, they, they have um, a colony on Mars, rather. He confirmed it yet again. And uh, the media actually, they they did a media hit job, basically, is what he said. He, he never said anything about there being some sort of a sex slave uh, colony going on. He, he never said that. There was no pedophilia ring in Mars. He, he never said that. He doesn't understand where that came from. But he, he did confirm that for sure there is a colony on Mars already. Right. Now I also, it's funny you mentioned that too. I, I, I don't know Mr. Steele and I gotta, I'm gonna definitely watch your uh, videos and interviews he did with him. But I heard of his name, but it's just I never listened to his material. Uh, but uh, I will yes. now that you mentioned it. Mm -hmm. Now while you're on that topic, I've been interviewing a person by the name of Tony Rodriguez. He's an interesting individual. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you should listen to the video we have on Euphoria Chronicles I did, and I'm doing a third interview with them. Oh, tell, and, tell, tell us about that, by the way, because I, I, I don't even know much about that. Yeah, he would definitely be a person you should interview. Uh, his name is Tony Rodriguez, and I could put you in touch with him. Excellent. Thank uh, you. Yeah. He was taken. He was abducted, but he wasn't abducted to an off-world. Well, he was, actually. It's uh, you got to hear the story. But there was involvement with Satanism, governments, and grays. Mm. There's the three connections right there. Right. Right. And um, he said that he was on Mars. Okay. The third interview we're going to do, he's going to be discussing all that. But um, there is bases on the Mars and on the moon. 
and on another planet. It's not a planet. It's a moon. It's a moon. Um, I think it's Sirius. The moon. Uh, Sirius. Ah. Okay. It's another base. So I believe they exist. I, I, I definitely believe there. And I also have fractured memories too. Um, so there, there's something to all this and time travels involved as well, my friend, right? Yeah, it's interesting that that reminds me. I, I always mention this when we talk about time travel. There was a, a gentleman that I was speaking to that allegedly he was working a part of Project Pegasus and. Okay. They, Andrew Bazzaggio. Well, not exactly him. But someone I, I apparently was working along that project. I'm not exactly sure if I could even say his name, but he, I, I take it he passed away because the time I was talking to him, he had told me of some sort of lung complication he had been experiencing. So, you know, our communication just dried up one day and it's been years, but he was telling me about different things that they were doing out there and time travel was one of them. Okay. And, you know, I'm just saying that that reminds me of that. So There's a, I, I, an don't, interview I, did I don't as disbelieve well. it completely. Mm-hmm. Sorry to break up. It's, because okay. it's, just, it's interesting what you're saying. And it, it, you're, t- you're tying a lot of puzzle pieces together. There's a guy I met in Ontario about four months ago. And he's known in the Ontario region for doing a bomb shelter. Okay. And um, he's probably the only guy in Ontario that's got a publicly known bomb shelter. And he built it on his property. So when I got in touch with him, that was my attraction to meet the guy. Now, when I met him, it was totally a different ball game because the bomb shelter was, was not even discussed. What was being discussed was time travel. And this guy blew me away. I went for a two-hour meeting, and I ended up staying for 10 hours with a few people. And um, the discussions were about time travel. Not only were they about time travel, this guy looks like Jules Verne. And when I got home, I was blown because I was researching Jules Verne, Jules Verne images. And then I started researching Jules Verne's wife. And she is a match. This guy's wife looks like Jules Verne's wife. And he looks like Jules Verne. And he said that he has a time machine. He also had a submarine. And Jules wrote about the the Nautilus, the submarine in the Jules Verne novel. All right. And anyway, you just got to watch the videos. It's uh, His name is Bruce Beach. And every time I brought up Jules Verne, right. he, he'd laugh. He'd laugh and try to blow it off. Oh, I right? see. And I definitely think this guy's something to do with the uh, way he admitted he's in the time travel, right? Right. So it's uh, I think Jules Verne is alive and well today, well, everybody. I'm telling you. I will right? check that out. That's interesting stuff there. Definitely. Yeah, these are individuals I haven't heard of, so. I'm sure we could gather some information from them as well. We could share information, my friend, if you'd like to. No problem. Of I course. could set you up. Of course. And, and another thing I, I wanted to mention, I just have the strange feeling that you have had some sort of strange premonition. Am I off base here or am I hitting anything? Yeah, I've had a few uh, premonitions, yes. Yeah. Anyone in particular that you want to it, it discuss? Seems, it, it seems like the year 2020... I have a strange feeling something's going to be going on there. Mm. I don't know why. I'm really worried about August 2018, to tell you the truth. Even sooner. One year away from now. Yeah. So that's that's my big uh, scary uh, time that I'd like to see pass with a non um, non event, right? Right. And I have um, scary premonitions about Yellowstone. 
right? Causing a lot of problems. And um, when I was talking about Jason quit, right? One of our recalled memories from being in another time dimension is about of a a post apocalyptic yeah. uh, time. And um, the worst part of it is it's dust. And I can you imagine walking around and everywhere around you is about three inches worth of dust. And it's everywhere. It'd be bad. And it's so thick that you can't even grow uh, vegetation. You can't even farm because it's nothing but uh, but dust. Yeah, too polluted for anything. Too polluted, and it's uh, it's there's a lot of problems that can be associated with that. Right? It's like um, the world that I've seen is in the future, but it's like going back into the early 1800s. And, and you know what's the funny thing about that? What's that? The most valuable commodity was a bicycle. A bicycle. A bicycle. Interesting. They valued bicycles like you wouldn't believe because nothing worked. There was yeah. no cars that I seen. It was just a bicycle. If you had a bicycle, you were king, right? And, you know, going along with the whole uh, premonition and uh, apocalyptic theme here, tensions with, with other countries are definitely rising. And, of course, we see that whole fiasco again with North Korea. That's uh, escalating all the time while we are arguing with each other and talking about this or that. Uh, folks over there are not playing games. They're, they're trying their best to, to wipe somebody out. Yeah. Um, that's kind of scary. You know, it is kind of scary because, um, it, you know, it's a thought. It's, it's, you know, they say there's a big, big rumor out there that the ETs have knocked out all their nukes, right? So that's what we hear. Yeah. That's what we hear, yeah, but we can't really bank on it either. Like, I mean, what if uh, they missed one or two, right? Um, it could be a real bad thing to happen. Nothing uh, is 100% guaranteed. Exactly. Yeah. Right? That's, see, that's that's the whole thing I get into it with people because I, I understand we have um, capabilities that are far beyond our imagination. However, we haven't really seen these things tested all that often, especially with an atomic bomb or a nuke. We, we, you know, we haven't really seen that sort of thing uh, be de deflected in real time. Deployed, exactly, because it would have to be a nasty situation for it to be. That's right. Uh, put in use, and thank goodness uh, that uh, it hasn't been the, the button hasn't been pressed. Correct, right? correct. Um, but but like I said, the rumor is the the goody tees have uh, kerfuffled all that. Let's hope it's true. Yeah, let's hope. Because if we get a madman that's running the shots like this, maybe this possible North Korean guy is. Right. Right. If he pushed a button, let's hope uh, there's nothing. Let's hope his bombs are a dud. Right. Yes. Because I, I would wish that on nobody, because even if you if you launch a nuke anywhere in the world, wherever it hits, that's problem number one. Problem number two is the jet stream carrying all the radiation. That, right. Yeah. The fallout. The fallout. The casualties, exactly. everything else. It's, it's going to be horrible no matter where that thing goes. Yep. And we've already got a lot of radiation in the Pacific Ocean, right? Yeah, due to Fukushima. Exactly. Right? Yeah, it's still it's still going strong from what I heard. Lots of suppression on the truth of that of that matter. What a what a tragedy. I stopped eating oh, yeah. sushi about six years ago when that happened. You're smart. I, I try to limit myself as much as I can from seafood, even though I love shrimp so much. Right. Yeah, I do too. Love shrimp. Uh, um, I, I did go crazy on seafood though when I was in the Maritimes. I was in, uh, Prince right. Edward Island in New Brunswick. So, um, because it's so close, well, the Atlantic Ocean's right there. At least I knew where I, what I was eating and where it came from. Yeah. Right. That's right. Um, by the way, I, I did want to get your opinion on Planet X 
and Nubiru. All these, all these things here. What is your take on all of this? Is it actually gonna come near the planet anytime soon? Was Zachariah Sitchin wrong? Mm, good question. We call it Hercobolus. Everybody else calls it Nibiru or Wormwood or Planet X. Planet X, Nibiru, yeah. Uh, we call it Hercobolus. Um, and that's why I'm scared about August of 2018. Okay. Yep. I've heard. I've heard a few people mention that date. It could very well be a few couple of days of darkness, as Marshall Masters has been talking about lately. Yeah, I would, uh, whatever, Marshall Masters, on that part, he, uh, he's got something of truth there with what I also believe. And also, if you go back in history, you know how they say history repeats itself, it right? It certainly does. Remember the Bible story about the Tower of Babel? I certainly do remember. And then God didn't like what was going on, and he uh, he confused everybody's speech? Yep. Okay, here's what I'm scared about. Hercobolus, if it gets too close to the world, okay, it could it will do two things. Well, three things. It'll give you a couple days of darkness. In that darkness, there's going to be an X-ray, right? And there's also going to be a wave because it's going to stop the rotation of the Earth. So you're going to have three issues, okay, all at once. So... The X-ray, what it's going to do, it's going to scramble your brains. It's going to fry your brains, okay? I, I, I'm i going to just say it like it is. Oh, my. Yes. It's going to make you a mentally retarded person if you get hit by this X-ray. Not just anybody, like everybody that gets in there, okay, which is the whole darn world that we're living on, all right? The only way you can escape this is if you have a lead Faraday cage, or you have a lead helmet. Okay, so any of your inventors, if you're listening to me, start getting motorcycle helmets and get them lead-backed, lead-backing, ba- lead, lead so you can make your own personal headgear protection, right? That's problem number one, okay? That's the X-ray. And problem number two is you're going to have a wave, all right, a tidal wave, because if the planet stops its rotation, the water is not going to stop, my friend. Water's got the inertia, it's going to keep on going, and it's going to move in one direction as it stops, and it's going to move quick when it stops. So if you go back to the Bible, there's two stories that can relate, and that's why I said history repeats itself. In the days of the Tower of Babel, it was said that the people couldn't understand themselves because they, they all spoke different languages. It's because they became mentally retarded. And... With Noah's flood, okay, again, you have the wave, you have a lot of water right. that devastates everything. Maybe it wasn't the rain, maybe it was the same thing happening here, a stopping of the rotation of the earth that caused all that movement of water that flooded everything for 40 days. So you don't forget, 40-day flood, when the waters recede, right, if it's a wave that keeps on washing, right, because of inertia, after 40 days, all the water would dissipate, right? It makes sense. It certainly makes, does. Makes better sense than what the Bible says. But always use the Bible as a as a tool book, right? It's like a history tool book. Yeah, it's very esoteric. It, yes, and it may not be the way the stories are written, but very similar. If you if you piece together things, it, uh, you can get some answers. Yeah, and I agree. And I'm looking at the time here, and I don't want to waste too much of your time. So, you know, we're on the tail end of the interview here, and I did want to inquire a little bit more about your musical taste, since you were a former musician, or still are, rather. Um, what kind of music do you like, James? Well, I, I wish, I, let me correct you there. I, I wanted to be a rock star, 
and as you can tell my 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 voice um it's not a rock star voice so i always wanted to be a, you, a musician you wanted to be a singer i wanted to be a singer and i wrote 300 songs and uh, they're all copywritten and ready to roll holy crap and uh they've never been uh, introduced anywhere um but i don't have the voice to be a rock and roll singer so that that died um i gave all my equipment to my nephew Stephen Risen, and I, I, I gave it all to him so maybe he can have a go at it. He did have a go at it for a little while. He was a musician. Uh, he was a guitarist, and um, his band broke up, and then he became a musical uh, producer and engineer. Very cool. Yeah, so in the Toronto area, Drive, Drive Entertainment is Stephen Risen, my nephew. But um, I admire music, and um, but I wasn't a musician, but I always wanted to. But you said so you had some questions for me in regards to music. Yeah, but uh, you never played an instrument, though. No. No? Never? Well, I, I, I fiddled around with a bass and bongos and drums, but I can't play it to the, the, um, the quality level of making music. Understood. What about bands? You, you mentioned Black Sabbath. Uh, what other bands do you Always loved The Doors. Always loved Led Zeppelin. I liked um, Alice Cooper. I liked uh, Rolling Stones. All the classic rock bands like Deep Purple, Aerosmith. Uh, anything anything heavy metal, hard rock, classic rock, I love. Blink-182. They're okay. Oh, They're a little no. Soft, right? No, James, don't do this to me. You like Blink-182? Well, send me some stuff. No, you know, you're, you're killing me. No, I'm being sarcastic. I don't like Blink-182. Oh, okay, okay. No, okay. no, James, no. Don't fall into the trap. Okay, I, I, nothing flaccid. Uh, nothing flaccid for uh, me. I'll right? send, yeah, I'll send you some, some bands that I appreciate. I think from a musician standpoint, you'll, you'll like some of the bands I listen to. Right on. Yes. So, again, I, I do appreciate your time. Well, you know what? Before I let you go, there, there was another topic I did want to cover with you. Go for it. Uh, yeah, the fact that we don't really ever see any good, uh, movies about extraterrestrials at all. Why is that? We haven't seen a good movie out of Hollywood for quite some time. And now, so long. Right? And so long, James. Why on earth? Is they're suppressing us. It certainly seems like that. And also, with all the great minds we have established in this world, it seems like they'd rather just go back and repeat history like you were just saying. So they come up with the whole uh new renditions of the old classic. And instead of coming out with something new and fresh... They they want to yeah they want to butcher something that was gold. That's right. Yeah, you you hit it right on the nail there. Yeah, you gave, I'm totally in agreement with you. Yeah, it's really sad because I like like you. I love music and I love film. And today we're seeing the uh, watered down product. These yeah. watered down products, rather. That's like I said. They want to suppress the information, right? Yeah. The last good movie that I that I, I really liked that had a lot of hidden meanings to it was, of course, The Matrix. Right? The Matrix, yeah, great film. And when it first came out, it totally went over my head, right? I ended up watching that movie like maybe, I don't know, 50 times, right? Love that, yeah, great film. Yeah, be because you keep on learning stuff and hidden meanings in that. It's it's like, the, the one thing I can say about movies is this. There's a lot of hidden meanings in movies, right? And especially right. from the time period from 1970 to about 1995, right? And there's a lot of hidden meanings. In, in fact, if you freeze frame the frames, you can see it all in front of you, right? Okay. You can see the 666. You can see uh, the different Illuminati signs, right? And uh, it's right there in front of your face. Right. Did you also enjoy it? Uh -huh. Go ahead. Sorry. It's done subliminally, right? So, I mean, 
as long as you see it, it doesn't matter if it's inverted, it doesn't matter if it's backwards, as long as it's there, your brain registers it's there. It's a, it's a satanic spell, right? Um, it's just got to be seen, right? I agree. Subliminally. Subliminally. Yeah, and subliminally is how the Satanist and satanic craft works. Right. Right? Through, subliminally. Through symbols and all yes. these other forms, manipulation. And going back to The Matrix, uh, Keanu Reeves, a great guy, by the way. Um, did you ever watch his film, John Wick? You know what? I gotta watch that. You're the second person that said that to me. Susan Holt, uh, ah. told me to watch that movie. She also, uh, co-organizes the Euphoria Chronicles with me in our Facebook. Group. Oh, okay. And nice. she recommended I watch that film. What's, what makes that movie so special? Like, it's dumb, just, dumb. it's just action packed. And since you like The Matrix so much, it's almost like a throwback to The Matrix in some sort of in some sort of light, it has that sort of feeling, even though it's not like the Matrix, but the action, it's, it's up there. It, it rivals it pretty well. So John Wick, if you would, if you want to watch a movie with, with no uh, BS and just some great action, uh, John Wick is a great film. And again, Keanu Reeves, he was out here in Southern California, um, working out in a small little gym out here. And from what I heard, he was such a great guy. He was so nice to everyone. He treated everyone well, and he was polite and courteous. At no, he wasn't a big shot. Nothing like that. He wasn't pretentious. I mean, how, how? I mean, what else do you want more from someone of that magnitude? You know, I like Keanu Reeves a lot. He's he's uh, with me. He's fast becoming one of my favorite actors in Hollywood of the current day and age. Yeah, he's good. What What about the film Constantine? I I got to put that film over. Yeah, yeah, I've seen Constantine. Very good movie, right? Very good movie. I liked it. it because there's a lot of paranormal in that movie. That's right. And he's he's hunting um, demons, and he's in, it's the demonic factor involved. Right. See, and uh, the more you know about fighting stuff like that, the more awareness you have, right? It's a good film to watch, definitely. For sure. And going back to your ghost hunting days, do you happen to have any EVPs? I mean, my goodness, I wish you did so we could play those. I've got one. I on um those mini cassettes and uh all I got was I went to a grave in Toronto of one of the people that started the rebellion of eighteen thirty seven, which was an uprising in Canada before it was called Canada, and the people wanted to rebel against England. And all I got on this uh EVP was the guy called me Bob, right? Oh yeah. Bob. So he ref- just I heard the name Bob, right? But as clear as day, Bob, right? And nothing more, nothing, uh, nothing, uh, less, right? And, uh, there was a couple EVPs that my partner had. He, uh, he kept all the stuff, uh, because it was his business that I was working for. Um, he had a lot of EVPs and he, a lot of, he had most of the ghost photos that we had, right? That I was privy to, that I was there witness. We even have, he's even got a picture of a gray. Standing behind a bookcase, he got half the gray and the other half hiding behind a bookcase at a ghost uh, investigation. Network. So when we did the ghost investigation, it turned into an alien investigation. Wow. Right? Yeah, that That's was cool. Wow. Yeah, love that. That was, that was a pretty big wow. And the only, the only reason why I quit working with the guy was... um Yeah, why did you quit? He turned satanic. Oh, no. He fell into that realm, huh? He fell in that they realm, su- so I didn't, I didn't want to be in the next sacrifice. They seduced him. They seduced him very well. They enticed him. He fell into that that uh, dark abyss, huh? 
that that uh, syndicate. Yes. No. But you know that's that the unfortunate thing yeah. about this that a lot of people should be aware of this. When you're a Satanist, you hate everybody. All right. So you can't even trust your fellow Satanists because they all hate your guts. Right. It's it's um because everybody wants to outdo one another. It's like one warlock wants to do better than the next warlock. If you look back in history, that's why Aleister Crowley done in McGregor Mathers, right? Research that one. McGregor, S.L. McGregor Mathers mm-hmm. and Aleister Crowley. They had a psychic war. And it's no different than today's day and age with the satanic uh, realm, right? The people that, that go down. They they sign up on the dotted line. But when they're they're having their, their uh, partying and they're mingling with each other, they're nicey-nicey with each other, but secretly they hate each other's guts. Nice. Or they're envious of each other. Yes. Right? Interesting. <clears throat> yeah, you know, I'm going to have to call upon Michael Aquino soon, another gentleman who I've interviewed multiple times. Really? I'd it, love to hear those interviews. Sure. I think it's time to give him a little buzz. Okay. Been enough time. I, I think I should bring him back on. Uh, lots of uh, people out there have been asking, when's the next time you're going to bring on Aquino? So... I think the time is now. Okay. He's getting up there in age, so, you know. Well, you should ask him about what I just said, about how definitely everybody will. hates each other. This I, right, I'm I'm 100% will definitely get that across to him. So but don't mention my name. Ah, I won't. You're safe, James. I would never do that to you. I'm not going to throw right. you under the proverbial bus. Yeah, well, I'm probably out there anyway. Yeah, so James, uh, once again, oh, you're cutting up there. Oh, there you are. Uh, so James, I, I do want to thank you tremendously for being a part of the program and spending uh, your evening here with us all. Go ahead and, and plug anything you want. And, uh, the final word is yours. Okay. Well, I just want to say thank you very much for making me a part of your program. And, uh, I've seen your, your channel at the end of days. You've got some amazing guests and, um, keep it up. This is how the disclosure is made, my friend. This is what you and me are both doing. We're speaking. We're providing for people, right? We're providing avenues and venues for people to hook up, log on to, and learn, right? Because yes, we're not sir. going to get it from the 6 o'clock news. We're going to get it from people like you and I. I acquiesce. Once again, thank you, James. Um, any website you want to plug before I leave? Well, the one and only uh, one that I run uh, with Suzanne Holt and a few others is uh, Euphoria Chronicles, which is a closed Facebook group. So you can you can by all means um, join us, and uh, if we like uh, your vibration, we'll let you in. Excellent. Once again, thank you, James, and we'll touch base in the near future. Okay, thank you very right. much. God bless. God bless you too. Goodbye. Bye bye. And that was James Borg, ladies and gentlemen. What a fantastic guest. Well, I did have a lot to say here, but I'm going to reserve that for next week. Oh, yes. That second half of next week is awaiting. I look forward to that. I'm already triggered just thinking about it. You know what that means. Next week, James Fetzer, live and direct. I do want to thank you for being here with me. And that concludes tonight's broadcast. If you enjoy this program and you want to help little old me, go to michaeldeacon.com. And donate a few dollars. This program completely depends on its listeners. That means you sitting right there. Be a friend. Share the show. Donate a few dollars. I'll be back soon. I'm Michael Deacon. Thanks for listening. And with that said, the world is a mysterious place. And life itself is a mystery. Until next time, good night, everybody. Sherry. 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 Sherry.
I could tell that all the mainstream media outlets were giving me like bullshit. Like you can just see it. It's clear. <laughs> appropriate. I wish I could be in that ring with Holden right now. It's crazy. I had no idea they should have existed before 7.6. You were you were a headline guy, I'm and then a headline guy. You know what I you, mean. For a while, you popped out. Now you're coming back. For I a while, back. for a while, it's you were actually do, you, you know were running. I mean? You were running a gym. Tell us about that. Running a gym. Weren't you Why running you a gym at some point? Supposed to be a news guy. <laughs> That's our research. You aren't. You aren't. Ridiculous. I come on CNN, and the guy don't even know what he's talking about. Go ahead. You at no point were you running a gym? Um, no, no, running a gym. What? No, you, you need to take a time out. Jesus fucking Christ with these guys. I come on the news for two seconds and, and you want to say every All time right. I do an interview, a guy wants to open his fucking mouth. Can't All right, even Andrew, do a little thank fucking you very much. Here. We thought that you, you could know, hold go back. fuck yourself. You know what? All I'm right. Fuck the whole fucking network. We'll go back to uh, talking about Art Carney.